Hi, this is Bill Arnold. Missed a show or need me talking to help you sleep tonight? I have several solutions to that situation. Here are the podcasts from the show. You are the best for listening and supporting Faith Radio. You are listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Faith, hope, and clarity in a special repeat performance. And a warm welcome to Afternoons with me. I'm Bill Arnold, and I'm looking forward to this hour because I've got a fresh cup of microwave coffee. I've got a great guest in studio, and I've got a wonderful topic for us to discuss. We're going to talk today about what is transformation. It's a big word. We're going to figure out what it is, and we're going to talk about it with Dr. Glenn Pickering, who does everything except wear a red cape. (laughs) Glad to have him on. He is uh, truly uh, an avid learner and a scientist at heart. He started off as an engineer, and then he became a pastor. Then he got his Ph.D. in psychology. So he loves the human condition. He loves uh, being a teacher and a thinker and a processor, and he has this incredible gift to to distill information down to something that we can easily chew on and understand. Today we're going to talk about transformation. So I'm glad to have him uh, on the program today. Glenn, welcome. Well, thank you. It's always good to be here. Thank you. So as I look at uh, where we're going today with this Uh topic, I think probably a good place to start would be uh, the scripture passage, which we get out of 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Got it. Want to read it for us? Uh, uh, Do you want me to? Yeah, I will. Anyone in Christ is a new Creation, the old has passed, the new has come. Right. That must be what you're talking about, transformation. I'm thinking so. And um, when people talk about, you know, their salvation um, experience or their stories, like where where the whole process of sanctification starts, I think it's important to understand. Sometimes people talk about justification and sanctification. as if they're sort of different. I think we can best understand justification as step one of sanctification. In other words, justification is the moment we give our life to Christ, the moment we just really get, this is my choice, this is my life, this is, I am choosing this life. Great. Super important. And the split second after we make that decision, sanctification starts. In other words, where we're supposed to now get better and better at integrating that flash of understanding we had there when we really accepted Christ, where we just really understood who we are and whose we are. Mm -hmm. From that second, then, starts this process where God helps us to take that in deeper and deeper, truer and truer, more and more into our soul. So instead of this one thing which we sort of understood for a split second at the time of our justification, it comes this place where we literally live from. And so... Um, anyway, so I just don't think a justification and sanctification is different. I think justification is step one in the sanctification process. It's where that process of sanctification of really, really becoming more and more and more in Christ's image begins. So the instant I say yes, that process starts to unfold. And it's powerful to understand. Hmm, how can I say? Well, let me start here. I love hearing people's. Um, salvation stories, and I've even been lucky enough to be a part of some of those stories. But more and more and more, I'm interested in people's sanctification stories. 
not just the story of when did your faith start. I want to hear stories about where have you seen God working in your life this week? What miracles have you noticed around you recently? Tell me a way in which you're different now than you were a year from now in terms of, or a year ago in terms of how you've grown in your faith and your love and your ability to care for other people. Tell me about the journey that you've been on. Because I think once we accept Christ, that's the beginning of a really, really, really important journey that we will literally be on for the rest of our life. Mm -hmm. And I just think it's so interesting to be a part of that process with people. It's part of why I love doing counseling. But it's also just interesting just to really, when you hear people's stories of sanctification, you really realize that God just really is this powerful, amazing, miraculous force that is in our life day in and day out in so many ways, at so many levels, and so many shows up in so many ways in so many people's lives. It's just powerfully great to hear those stories. It's really, mm-hmm. really something. Well, people are walking out their faith journey, right? And they are growing in their understanding of God's word and how right. it applies in their life. And yep. The decisions they are making now that they never would have made right. before. Yep. And they're probably um, starting to just realize that God is not only with them every step of the way, but he is faithful every day of their life. Right. And those are those are exciting stories I never get tired I, of hearing. I know. That's what I think, too. Yeah. I, In fact, um, more and more I ask people that question. So where have you seen God in your life this week? Where have you seen God show up in your life today? How are you different now than you were a year ago? Because I really, really love seeing literally in front of our eyes the ways in which God works in us and through us. Mm-hmm. It's, it's just powerful to me. When I think of the fruits of the Spirit right. that are love, joy, peace, patience, yep. kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Sometimes I ask myself, am I more loving this year than I was last year? Do I I have more peace this year than I had last year? I just go down the list. Yes, I think I love that you said that because I actually had that scribbled in my notes that I wanted to say that um, or something about that Mm because I just think every year I should be able to think I am more joyful than I once was. I'm more patient than I used to be. I'm kinder than I used to be. I keep getting gentler than I used to be. Mm -hmm. That that should be a literally ongoing process. And when Paul talks about the upward call in Christ Jesus, I think, right, this is what it looks like. That every week, every month, every year, I get better and better and better doing those things. So, well, What if you're not? <laughs> what if you're not more gentle and you're not more humble or loving? And that's when it starts to hurt and you go, hmm, how, right. how do I get back on a better track? Right. I have literally stumbled from the path. Now, the great thing about noticing that I stumbled from the path is... Um, I get to be back on the path, and here's what I mean. Mm. I think if we're in that process of sanctification, of course it starts in an instant where we really give our life to Christ. But I really think if we're serious about being on that path, we will find ourselves going through a very similar process a lot of times in our life, like over and over and over again. Oh, slipped there, forgot Mm -hmm. it, lost sight, got caught up in my ego. I need to come back, I need to slow down, I need to be prayerful, I need to recenter my life and ask Christ to put me back on path. You know, it's this continual process of asking Christ back into my life because we wander off the path so easily. It's just painful. Mm -hmm. In the sanctification process, Glenn, uh, 1 Thessalonians 3.11 and 4.1. Talk about that. Well, I just love this. So Paul's writing to some of his very favorite people in Thessalonica. 
And he says, you know, I know you guys love your brothers and sisters. That's really great. I want you to do that more and more. I want love to abound more and more in you. I want peace and gentleness to abound more and more and more in you. In other words, don't be as great we you are. This is good. That's worth celebrating. But don't settle for that. Don't think, okay, we made it now. Okay, we're done with that. It's like, no, no, no. Even the things you're good at, we're called to continue to get better and better and better at. And that's part of what I meant a second ago about the upward call in Christ Jesus, that we're literally called always to become the better and better and better version of the person we're supposed to be all along. Mm-hmm. It sounds like a lot of work all of a sudden. Yes, it is, in fact. So, yeah. hey, good luck to you. No, I'm just kidding. I, I, I honestly think it is hard work, which mm-hmm. is why we fall off the path. I mean, Benedict, the guy who started the Benedictine Order, um, he talked about the sloth of disobedience. <laughs> And so often we're disobedient just by what we don't do because it is work to stay on the path. I have to keep prayerful and keep reading my Bible and keep being around people who care about me and keep me on the path. And it is that constant process. And it's easy to just get lazy sometimes. And so Benedict was right here. He really thought the biggest barrier to our faith, he said, was the sloth of disobedience. Wow. (laughs) But if you start to disengage or start to isolate, that's that's when you can find yourself in trouble. Then it really breaks down because we so need each other on that journey, which is part of why I love hearing people's sanctification stories. Because the more we can support each other in those stories and on that journey, the easier it is to stay on that journey Mm -hmm. because we can wander off all by ourselves so easily. Glenn, what about some of the wounded on the sidelines right now who have been sort of forced into isolation because of the pandemic and sure. they haven't been able to really resume much of what they believed was their normal life right. and they're th- seeing things very differently now? Yep, and I, I know a whole bunch of people who find themselves in that place. And um, and I want to say, A, that's hard because I have known a lot of people who have been sort of pushed to the sidelines on whatever their ministry or their calling was by the pandemic. But I also know this. Mm. <laughs> I have a 76-year-old friend who's taken Spanish lessons because he wants to um, be able to talk to people in Guatemala when he goes the next year on his mission trip. <laughs> Good for him. I know. I just think, see, we're never supposed to stop learning or growing or becoming better, better and more and more serious about our ministry in our life. So even if we're in places that make that harder, which I get, there are places that make that harder. That's just true. But it's, but it's also important to think, yes, and, not but, because that is true, yes, and what are the things I still could do? Who could I still reach out to? How could I still connect? How can I make a difference in the world? What could I do to make this world a more and more part of the kingdom? So, yes, we definitely have gone through times that have made that harder, more of a challenge for sure. But it's really important that we rise to that challenge. Mm-hmm. Dr. Glenn Pickering is my guest. We're talking today about what is transformation. It's a great topic that we will cover all hour. If you hear something you'd like more information on or you'd like him to clarify a point he has made, let me know what it is. I'll ask on your behalf. 877-933-2484. And when I give out that number, it's a text only. Just so you know, 877-933-2484. You can also visit Glenn's website at drglennpickering.com. That's Glenn with two N's, and he spells his last name P-I-C-K-E-R-I-N-G dot com. We'll be right back. How do we do it here at Faith Radio? Uh, Well, we don't, not without you and not without the Lord. 
But we are so grateful for your giving. And if you want to make a year-end gift, we'd love to hear from you. You can do that at MyFaithRadio.com. You are listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Faith, hope, and clarity in a special repeat performance. I'm back with Dr. Glenn Pickering. We're talking today about what is transformation. So, Glenn, let's uh, let's talk about this story of the talents in Matthew chapter 25. Glad to do it. Yeah, I, I love this. I people say, Glenn, I know you you're big on sanctification, and I was becoming more and more and more your best self. Why? What well, basically they're asking the question? Why are you such a nut about that? And I'm a nut about that because I really get that there's only one alternative. Now, I say to people who I work with on their marriage or their relationships, I say, basically in marriage, we're always either doing one of two things. We're always either going closer and closer or drifting further and further apart. Mm-hmm. I mean, at any given moment, one of those two things are happening. So Jesus tells a story of the talents. You know, the person who got one talent, two talents, five talents. Of course, the one who got two and five talents, they used it for something. The person who got one talent was scared, buried it, didn't do anything with it. And that's not where the story ends. But that's mostly where people quit quoting this story. So they want to talk about you got to use your talents, don't let fear get in the way, you know, make sure you use the talents that God gave you, et cetera, et cetera. Which is all good. But that's not where the story ends. Jesus ends the story by saying, so take the talent from the one who has one and give it to the one who has ten. Because to those who have will more be given. To those that have not, even what they have will be taken away. And I used to, you can see why nobody wants to preach on that part of the story. <laughs> Everybody just wants to talk about, yeah, use your talents. That's what's important. Nobody wants to talk about what happens if you don't. Now, and here's the deal. Nobody at the end of their life ends up with an okay marriage or an okay life or an okay faith life. Nobody ends up with a C plus. Nobody. This is what we're trying to say. You either keep growing and growing and growing in your faith and your relationships, or you keep drifting further and further away from your faith and your relationships. One of those two things is always happening. So, to those who have will more be given. If you keep learning and growing, even more is given unto you. If you start pulling away, don't work hard on sanctification. Just drift, like you said, more and more into isolation and self-centered, thinking only about yourself. Your life literally gets smaller and smaller and smaller. Your faith gets more and more diminished. Your connection to God and other people gets less and less. And one of those two things is always happening. So that part of that story, the end of that story is a warning. It's not mean. It's not bleak. It's not harsh. But it is a warning. Like, yes. You need to keep learning and growing in the faith because when we don't, this is what the alternative looks like. Nobody ends up with an okay marriage. Nobody ends up with an okay faith life. Nobody. So we need to understand. At the end, you get an A or an F. And I don't mean heaven or hell. I just mean literally in terms of the quality of your life, the quality of your faith, the quality of your marriage. I mean, nobody even ends up with an average number of friends. Mm. So well, there's, there's certainly people listening right now feeling yeah. a little bit of panic. Like, like, uh uh-oh, maybe I didn't grow enough and we've drifted apart and I don't have tons and tons of years left with this relationship. Right. And now I want to do something different. Here's the really cool thing. I talked to a guy a while back who said, Glenn, it took me 40 years to get this messed up. I suppose it'll take me 40 years to get better. I said, it won't even take 40 days. And he looked at me like I was nuts, which, you know, I understand that reaction. (laughs) I get that a lot. (laughs) But here's what I knew. See, God's love is like this powerful river moving in a certain direction. 
And honest to goodness, we spend most of our life swimming against the current, working like crazy, banging into the rock. At the end of the day, we've made almost no progress. Or we turn our life around, swim with that current, and we make so much progress so fast it's almost spooky. And so I just know if I've been living a life where I've drifted away from God, from other people, the instant I turn my life back to that and say, God, I really want you back in my life. I want to do my relationships right. I want to get my relationship with you right. Things start happening really quickly. So honestly, even if you're like me and you're 69 and you think, I don't know how long I have left, I would just urge you to think that doesn't matter. You can literally start transforming your life right now. You can start doing that today. And literally 40 days from now, you will already notice, wow, my life is better. It's different. I feel closer to God. I feel closer to the other people in my life. And I think, mm-hmm. right. So it's important to understand we always have that alternative. Mm-hmm. I'm with uh, Glenn Pickering. We're yeah. talking about what is transformation. It's a great topic, and I know it's a big word, and we're going to try to break it down, make um, make uh, it smaller pieces for us to digest. So, Glenn, Ephesians chapter 2, uh, verse 21, talks about the whole building being fitted together is growing into the temple of God. We must keep growing as individuals and as a group. That's not in the verse, but I know what right. the comment you're making right. about that. Because I think so just as we're supposed to be always being sanctified, more and more holy, more and more pure, more and more deep in our own individual faith, that's also supposed to be happening in our ministry, in our church, in our family, in our congregation. Then all the things that we do in ministry should also be true. So I don't want to just be so focused on my own growth that I that I forget that, yes, but I'm supposed to be part of something bigger than myself. Mm-hmm. That's also supposed to be growing. It's also supposed to be maturing. It's also supposed to be getting deeper and deeper and more and more connected to one another. So it's important to ask ourselves all the time, not just what am I doing to grow myself, but what am I doing that helps the communities to which I belong, whatever those are for you, to also be doing the same thing. How do I help the community in which I belong to also be growing and getting more and more deep and more and more connected to one another? And that question is important. Mm-hmm. So as we are involved in transformation, we want to right. become more and more uh, in the image of God, right? Uh, which is probably the person we were always meant to be. I am so sure about that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how do we do that? We get into the, the refiner's fire, don't we? Yes, I think about that one all the time. Malachi talks about that. And I think, and I often talk with my clients about this, that so often when people hear, well, you know, we're supposed to be a new creation in Christ, that they have this odd thought that somehow they're supposed to be somebody they're not, or supposed mm. to be somebody else. And I think, no, no, no. If I take a lump of gold with a whole bunch of impurities in it and I put it through the refiner's fire, nothing happens to the gold. All the impurities get burned off. And what I'm left with is, is more and more pure example of just the gold. Mm-hmm. And I think what happens when we go through sanctification is we get better and better at letting go of everything that's not our truest self, our most Christ-like self, our most godly self. And it's really a process of letting go of all the things that are not us so we can become a truer and truer version of the person we're supposed to be all along. So I don't become somebody other than Glenn Pickering. I become a better and better and better and purer and purer version of Glenn Pickering Mm -hmm. if I get it right. Mm -hmm. There's oftentimes people will say, I I don't feel like I'm being my best self. I don't right. feel like I'm being the person God wants me to be. Um, I, I'm not as loving as I should be. I'm not as gracious as I should be. Right. I'm, maybe I'm just speaking for myself right now. <laughs> uh, I hate to be so transparent, Glenn, but... Uh, I love you, Bill. You know, but right. what, what do we... You know, we, we want that. We want to right. be into the refiner's fire, but we don't because that sounds like suffering and pain. Well, 
here's the interesting thing, and we'll talk more about this when we come back from the next break, but it can feel like that. It can feel like a loss, which we'll be talking about in a minute, but here's what I know for sure. Let's say I look at my life and I think, okay, I've gotten less loving, I've gotten less welcoming, I've gotten a little harder about this thing or that thing. It's important to understand it's perfectly fine to notice that because there really is no condemnation in Christ. You know, when I get convicted of something, when God convicts me, I get total clarity, no condemnation. So if I just notice, oh, I've kind of quit being welcoming like I used to be. I'm not supposed to judge myself. I'm not supposed to condemn myself. But I'm not supposed to pretend it's not true either. <laughs> and you think, okay, I need to do exactly what I do when I start my faith walk. I need to turn to God and say, God, I can't do this myself. I need your help. Wait. Which is why I say the whole process of sanctification is always about sort of coming back to God, I get it. I really need you. I can't mm-hmm. do it without you. I'm really nothing without you. Me and you together, though, are amazing. And I really need you to help me with this. Mm-hmm. And God, of course, will help us because God cares so deeply about us. Yeah. Don't we say, I wish I could be more and then fill in the blank? I know, which is just a way of saying, but I'm not going to be. What does that mean? Well, I wish I could have this, which means even though I know I never will. <laughs> okay. Right. But see, if I'm really on a godly path, I don't say, God, well, I wish I could be more welcoming. But, of course, I never will be. I think I see that I need to be more welcoming. And, I, and God, I'm open to you showing me places where I could start, put the words right words in my mouth, help me to see the places where I've been stumbling, help me see where I could do that differently. I'm open, God, to your guidance of the Holy Spirit. Help me see where and how I need to be better at that. And God's like, great, I'll show you that. Yeah, <laughs> because if we're more welcoming, we'll right. probably have better relationships, more opportunities to yeah. share our hope that we have Absolutely. in Christ with others. Absolutely. Oh. There's lots of good things to pray for. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Rosie, have you ever had that before where you said, I wish I was more, and then fill in the blank? Oh, you are throwing me under the bus. Uh, well, I, I, no, no. We no, just no, had no, this no. conversation. I just threw myself under the bus. Oh, we are throwing fine. each other under the bus. Yeah. All right. For everybody listening, Bill and I had a heart-to-heart conversation yeah, before this uh, 4 o'clock hour. And yes, I did say that because there are some <laughs> gifts that take more work for me to arrive at with the help of God. So true. And there are other gifts that, um, and you can see them in display in other people. Oh, and no. it, they come naturally to it. They right. cannot take credit for it. But God certainly wants them to walk in them. Right. And they do. And when they do, boy, he can multiply that. Right. Uh-huh. That's so true. I always think... God takes everything I do and multiplies it by 100. But if I'm not doing anything, zero times 100 is still zero. Mm-hmm. So I just have to do my part, literally. I just have to show up and do my part, Yeah, which is mostly just being open. And showing up is step one. Right. I mean, just to be present, right? Yes, exactly. You don't have to necessarily yep. go somewhere. You just have to be available, present, right. listening, Absolutely. not looking at your phone. Right. All that kind of stuff. A really, really great friend of mine often says that he has a ministry of showing up, which I think is a really cool gift. Huh. I'd like to meet that person someday. <laughs> All right, we're going to take a little break. When we come back, continue our discussion with Dr. Glenn Pickering. What is transformation? And you can head over to his website, to drglennpickering.com. He spells Pickering the same way other people in his family spell it. P-I-C-K-E-R-I-N-G dot com. And about midway down the first page, there's this lovely offer. If you would like to connect with Glenn over the phone for 20 minutes, he will be more than happy to talk to you at no cost. There's no strings attached. There's nothing you have to do except fill out a form, and then you guys can arrange a time to connect. It's a lovely offer, and you can find that at drglennpickering.com. We'll continue our discussion with Glenn on what is transformation in just a few minutes. 
You are listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Faith, hope, and clarity in a special repeat performance. Welcome to the show. Dr. Glenn Pickering is my guest. And if you have just joined me, I have to say that my microwave coffee is now drinkable. <laughs> which Rosie got it for me at the top of the hour. And but now it's finally like drinkable. It extra hot. Yeah, but this is like really hot. It was I like know. molten lava. I know. good. Well, and it's kind of scary because as I was microwaving it, I'm like, this is getting really close to, I think, being burnt like Boiling. coal. <laughs> <laughs> but when we say he likes black coffee, we mean really black. Oh, well, because yeah. he says he likes it extra hot. I do uh-huh. like it extra hot. And yeah. I don't know what that level of extra hot means. Yeah. This was, this was hot. This is one <laughs> step less than whatever happened today. <laughs> All right. We're talking about what is transformation. And, uh, Glenn, I, I know that when when transformation begins, it must start to feel like a loss. Honestly, it so often does. I think, you know, if we really think about, about the refiner's fire, like I said a second ago, we put a lump of gold with a bunch of impurities in it through the fire. Nothing happens to the gold, but we burn off all the impurities, all the bad habits we've developed, all the things we've clinged to or the addictions we've had or whatever that is that keeps us from being our truest, fullest, most powerfully present self. Mm -hmm. And so if we're really, really open to the call to continue to learn and grow, often the call of taking that next step starts with something that feels like a loss, even if it's just a loss of my little comfort zone that I had going on before this or comfort security, or who knows what. But, for example, I really, really felt called to be in way better shape, to be at the right weight and to be more healthy, et cetera, et cetera, because one of the things I know as I get a little older is that the highest, the, thing, the one thing that correlates most highly with a long life is how much you weigh. So I just really, I've been taking that super seriously. Now, that means, of course, I've had to give up certain eating patterns and certain kinds of foods that I would have told you I really like, and et cetera, et cetera. And, um, but it's the same thing. Let's say I notice that I have a bunch of people in my life who are really quite critical. I might have to let go of some of those people in my life if I want to build a life that's more vision-driven, more loving, more powerful, more welcoming. Um, We're also going to have to drop every limiting belief we have about what we can or can't do. I'm always struck. Jesus comes home, Mark 6, and he could do no money works there, it said, because they just didn't believe in him. It's like, so they believe, nope, you're just a carpenter. And because of that belief, they couldn't do anything. Although the last sentence always makes me laugh, except, you know, heal a few sick people. (laughs) No miracles, just healings. (laughs) But anyway, I'm just struck by that. We all have certain beliefs about what we can or can't do that gets in the way of it. So like what Rosie was talking about before, if you wish for something... That means there's a party that really, really, really wants that. And so instead of wishing for it, it's important we start asking for it, which means we have to let go of any assumption or belief we have about how we can't do that or can't have that or can't be that or can't learn that. That belief is probably the only thing that's keeping us from actually being able to facilitate and use that gift. So oftentimes things start with something that feels like a loss. I uh, just talked to a client the other day who... um, they had a job that was okay. They knew it wasn't really their right lifetime job. And for a variety of reasons that were not particularly fair, they got fired from that job, which, of course, it feels like a loss. You had security, you had a job, you had a title. Now you don't have that. 
And within a very short time, after a lot of prayer, they found exactly the job they always wanted, which was way more fun for them, way more gratifying, gives them a chance to do a whole different level of ministry for a whole lot more money. But until they were willing to give up that job they didn't really like and that wasn't mm-hmm. really meaningful to them, they would never have been able to say yes to that job. And so often I just see, if we're really open to God's call, and I mean really open to it, it's entirely possible that there's going to be a loss of some sort, and it will feel like a grieving thing to us. Like, geez, I thought this was supposed to be a joyful trip. See, but it is joyful. And we'll look back at that loss later and count it as nothing, as Paul says. But at the time, it feels like a loss. And then we realize, oh, oh, the thing that replaced that was like a hundred times better than that quote-unquote loss that I felt. But we do feel that loss at the beginning. And I think it's just important to just know that that's true. So when people say, Glenn, I've lost a lot lately, I think, okay. And I'm sympathetic. I understand. That's painful. I, I really get it. But I also think, okay, well, God must be doing getting ready to do something really amazing because clearing a space for you mm-hmm. one way or another. I like that. I like clearing a space. Right. That's a great image. Right. That's sometimes what people need, but they can't imagine doing it. Right. And as long as my hands are clinging to the old stuff, see, they're not open to receiving whatever it is that God wants to give me. So mm-hmm. I just have to think I can't, no matter how good or poor my life has gone so far, I can't cling to that. I had a client who asked me a few weeks ago, Glenn, what do you think you're going to be doing in five years? And I started to give him some sort of stock, not thinking answer, and I could feel God in the back of my head saying, stop. So I stopped. I gave it some prayerful thought, and I said, I have no idea. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be really fun and interesting because if you're on the journey, it really is always fun and interesting. Mm-hmm. But I really actually don't know what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But purposeful and fulfilling. Yeah, it will be purposeful. It will use my gifts in a way that makes a difference in yeah. people's lives and makes me feel like, wow, that was so cool to be a part of that. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I know for sure. Mm-hmm. Cool. And if we're on the journey, we just have to know that that's true that the next thing might not look a lot like what you're doing right now. And that might feel like a loss. And truly so, it might. But it's just always important to remember, yes, but. Mm-hmm. Every every yes starts with a no. I have to say no to whatever gets in the way of whatever it is I'm being called to do next. And loss is just a hard word. Yes, it is. There's we don't very like it. few oh, warm goodness. fuzzies around that word. <laughs> I know. And, and I, I use that word pretty purposely because it's associated with grieving. And we really might grieve that old job and that old person, that old relationship, that old house, that old place we used to live, that old ministry we used to do. And it's important to actually let ourselves be sad about that without thinking it's wrong to move on. I was just talking to a different client of mine who was called to a really, really great ministry that she's doing now. But she had to say goodbye to the old one. And, you know, she had a lot of old friends there, people that she knew. And she said this powerful thing, Glenn, I know it's right to move on. But it's sad that that's the right thing to do. And I get it right. It's not that I'm sad that I'm being called forward. There is a thing I have to let go of in order to move forward. And I will miss those people. I will miss that ministry. I will be sad about that. Mm-hmm. I think, right, you will. And it's important to honor that and say, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Instead of saying, oh, no, you shouldn't feel like that. that that's so not helpful. Yeah. It's important to say, yeah, I totally get how you grieve that loss. Yeah. And, and it's important to be excited about what's coming next. Yeah. That those are not contradictory. Yeah, it's like our station manager, Neil Stavum, who mm-hmm. was here 46 years. Wow. And he just retired, was it last week? Yeah, a wow. week, week, week and a half ago. And I know he's probably wondering uh, what's it like. He's trying to figure out what it's like to just 
not be here at the studio. Right. Drink coffee in the morning. Yeah. Think I mean, about my day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Normally he'd be here complimenting me right now, but he's not. <laughs> Bill, you're so great. You're so now, amazing. I mean, that'd be nice if he could, he could still text me every once in a while, Neil, if you're listening. <laughs> no, but he, we, love we that. love, we loved him and, but we know that he's got a great purpose going forward. Well, for sure. Exactly. Yeah, but he's so, got a, he's got to say goodbye to all this yes, faith radio family. Exactly. Which can't be easy. Right. Cause Cause we're, Fabulous. We're fun people. <laughs> yeah, thanks for filling in that blank, Rosie. So, so I just think, right. So we just need to understand. Sometimes people think, well, I think I'm being called forward, but I just feel really sad to quit this thing I'm doing, so maybe I'm wrong. I think, no, no, no. That, that doesn't mean you're wrong. Yeah. You're probably right. Mm-hmm. I, I say sort of flippantly to people, but I'm dead serious at the same time. It's good to leave while it's still going well. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Don't um, wait till it all crashes and burns and then go. <laughs> That's a bad thing. A comment that came in, Glenn, and yep. I hope you understand it. And if you don't understand it, this hopefully this listener can add extra words to okay. this uh, comment. I have a disconnection with being our open self when people are carrying around pain, mental illness. Society will label you with all kinds of things. How are you supposed to deal with people where these things are everywhere? Um, partly, I mean, when I mean open, I mean this. I mean open to whatever God is going to do in my life next. Where so often we think we know the answer and it gets in the way of the actual answer. So, for example, perfect example for me. I went to college to be an engineer because I was always good at math and science. It's kind of what people in my family did. Um, took a bunch of psychology classes along the way, thought they were really interested, kept on being an engineer. Like, God was so trying to show me that there was a better fit for me. But I was so sure that I was supposed to be an engineer. They went on, graduated, did that, worked at 3M for a little bit. Until I finally realized, oh, this is not what I want. But see, God was actually trying to show me that all kinds of times along the way. And sometimes people say, well, Glenn, it's so weird. You're an engineer and then a minister and then a psychologist. And I said, yeah, I just didn't pay attention. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because God yeah. tried to call me into that path. Yeah. But I was so sure I knew the answer that I wasn't open to hearing the real answer. So yeah. when I say open, I don't mean I have to be infected by the people around me who are carrying around things that are even satanic sometimes. I just need to be open to whatever God wants me to do about that situation and what God wants me to be next. So it's about being open to the Spirit and the Spirit's guidance. And Glenn, just so you know, I'll have you back on again when you join the circus. <laughs> I'm That's that. probably next. All right, trapeze <laughs> artist. All right. I'm scared of heights, though, so it's kind of limiting. <laughs> mm-hmm. Okay, well, let's talk about letting go of all forms of idolatry. Thank you. I love that. Jesus said whoever loses his life will find it. And I think, right, all the things we cling to that we're kind of afraid to let go of are because we've kind of made an idol out of that person or that thing or that house or that job or that amount of money or whatever that is that we think has given us purpose or security or safety or our identity. And so there has to be willingness to let go of the thing we think is our actual, you know, gives us meaning so we can open our arms to the God that actually gives us real meaning. So when Jesus said you have to lose your life to find it, obviously he didn't mean Glenn, you have to quit being your real self. He just means I have to quit clinging on to anything that keeps me trapped in my old life. Well, that is a part of my old life because my new life's going to look different. I, when he said you can't put new wine in an old wineskin, I think that's really right. We're constantly being transformed into our new version of ourself, which means I can't cling to the old one. Even if that old one made me feel important or really great or super smart or who knows what. Mm-hmm. I can't let, I can't idolize that over and above whatever it is that God wants me to do next. Yeah. And maybe some of these uh, 
idols you have are activities. Oh, for sure. Absolutely. That, uh, you know, you play four rounds of golf right. a week, and right. now you've become a Christian, and that golf foursome you play with four times a week tells horribly dirty jokes all the time, and right. there's all kinds of talk that is not edifying. And right. So are you supposed to try to get everyone to clean up their language, or you say, maybe I should find other people to golf with, or right. what would be your, your and counsel on that? Here's a really cool thing. If I'm open, that means I don't have to know the answer. I just have to know the one thing I know for sure is I can't keep doing what I'm doing. This is not edifying me, lifting me up, challenging me, or helping me. So I have to be open to change. But the really cool thing is I don't have to know what it is. I literally, that's what I mean about being open. God will either introduce me to a whole bunch of different people who love playing golf or Christians. And I think, oh, that was the answer. Or one of the guys in the middle of some drunken reverie is going to talk about how much he used to be a Christian. He misses that. And this is my chance to talk about the faith. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's like if I just pay attention, I will see what it is that I'm supposed to do about that situation. As long as I'm open. That's what I mean. If I'm stuck there, no, no, no. I love these guys. I have to keep being with them. That whatever God is trying to teach me or show me, I'm just not going to hear it. But as long as I think, okay, I get it. I can't keep doing this. God, I'm open to what's next. I think it's so important. You know, it says in the scripture, tomorrow is promised to no one. And I've come to realize more and more, it's not just that we don't know if we're going to be alive tomorrow. Like, tomorrow's not promised to us like the day itself. But see, the way we think the day is going to play out is also not promised to us. That tomorrow we're envisioning might or might not go like that. Or God might touch us in powerful ways and make us feel like, oh, I get it. Here's what I'm supposed to do with those guys. Wait. And I just have to be open to the fact that I don't know the answer to that question. I know I'm supposed to do something different. I'm open to what different looks like. But I'm real clear that I don't know, and I need guidance from God. And he will guide us so clearly. Yeah, he will. Dr. Glenn Pickering is my guest. We're talking about what is transformation. That's been the topic today. If you've missed any of this, you can always head to MyFaithRadio.com and check it out from the beginning. And uh, we're going to take a little break. If you have anything you've heard you'd like some more clarification on, that's uh, you're always welcome to send it over via text to 877-933-2484. I'd love to hear from you, and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Join us for our Reading the Bible Together Advent Study. Sign up at MyFaithRadio.com. You are listening to an encore presentation of Afternoons with Bill Arnold. Faith, hope, and clarity in a special repeat performance. Dr. Glenn Pickering is my guest. We're talking today about what is transformation. It's a great topic that we will cover all hour. If you hear something you'd like more information on or you'd like him to clarify a point he has made, let me know what it is. I'll ask on your behalf, 877-933-2484. And when I give out that number, it's a text only, just so you know, 877-933-2484. You can also visit Glenn's website at drglennpickering.com. Calm. All right, uh, Glenn, another uh, follow-up to a yeah. previous question was, yeah. how do you know God is telling you this versus yourself? That is a really great question. I love that question. Here's my best shot at answering that question with my own self. 
I believe with everything in me that the two surest signs of God's presence are peace and joy. And so God is putting something on my heart. It will bring me that sense of peace and joy. If it's just my own ego chattering in the back of my head, it might create adrenaline or despair or all kinds of things, but not peace or joy. And any time I have any thought that doesn't create in me, create in me either or both of that sense of peace or joyful, like, wow, that's right, then it's probably not from God because God is all about peace and joy. Mm-hmm. And my ego is all about excitement and adrenaline and um, judgment. So any of the, anytime I say anything to myself that has any of those elements in it, I know it's just my own little hum, human ego chattering. Mm-hmm. But if I hear something from God, it really does bring me that sense of peace and joy. I like that. So as we talk about transformation, yep. Paul says in Philippians 4.13, I can do all things in him who strengthens me. Right. Does that include letting go of what you need to let go of? Yeah, that's what I think, too. Sometimes people are saying, Glenn, it's going to be hard for me to let go of that. It's going to be, I know you're right, Glenn, that every, every yes starts with a no. i got to let go of this thing I've been doing in order to really do whatever I'm supposed to do next. But it's really hard. And I think, right. I, I think always about Paul saying in Philippians 4.13 about I can do all things in him which strengthens me. And so it's so important every part of transformation, every day, every step in sanctification, we need to remember I'm doing this with God's help. The instant I get I think to myself, well, I have to do that. I have to take care of that. I have to get better at that. See, I'm already, like, lost. Exhausted. Yes, exhausted. And I've given myself an impossible task. And I'm way too focused on my ego and performance and how I look. The instant I, hmm, how can I say? Well, in all the call narratives in the Old Testament, stories where God or an angel comes down to earth and calls somebody to do something, they always tell God or the angel why they can't do it. Too young, too old, too short, too tall, too little, too big, too something. And God always said, but I'll be with you. Like, he doesn't even bother answering their objection. He just says, but I'll be with you. And then they're like, oh, okay. And then they go. (laughs) (laughs) See, because as soon as they think, well, how am I going to do that? See, the answer is, I can't do that. Well, that's true. I can't. But God's like, yeah, but Glenn, I'm not asking you that. (laughs) I'm asking you if you, with my help and all the people I will send you to be part of that, if you're open, are you willing to sign up for your part of that? Oh, yeah, got it. Okay. Let's go. So we really need to understand this whole transformation, literally being always in the process of becoming a better and better and turn to ourself will be filled with challenges. It's exciting and incredibly challenging. And any of us who think we're on that journey by ourselves or we're going to accomplish that by ourselves, we're literally just fooling ourselves. We really, really need to be always more and more and more inviting God on that journey with us. Mm-hmm. And I can I can do anything with that kind of help, yeah. honestly. But without it, honestly, I'm... I'm just limited to doing the things I already know how to do. So I'm just stuck in my comfort zone. Glenn, I love when you say that when an angel has an angelic visit, uh-huh. the angel never says, just keep what you're doing. <laughs> just keep doing what you've been doing. Right. We're always called to the next challenging step. Mm-hmm. And sometimes clients say, well, Glenn, I, I, I'm a person who gets excited about what's next. But, you know, I think maybe I'm just supposed to be grateful. And I think, no, 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 it's not, a, it's not an either or. If we live our life perfectly, then I'm always super grateful where all the gifts God has given me, all the skills I have, the experiences I've had, the people he's brought into my life, the ministries I've gotten to be part of, super grateful for that and excited about what's going to come next. It's not an either or. If I mm-hmm. really live my life well, realizing I'm being called continually forward in that upward call in Christ Jesus, I just need to understand I'm supposed to be grateful for everything that's happened so far and open to what might happen next. Mm-hmm. 
But huh? being open to what happens next doesn't mean I'm judgmental of what's happened so far. I'm super grateful for what's happened so far. I just realized I can be totally grateful for my third grade teacher, and at the end of the year, I still know it's time to go to fourth grade. Mm-hmm. Let's talk, Glenn, about the amazing life, the result. Right. So if we're willing to do that hard work, and God has to be with us, of course, in every step of that way, then people say, well, why would I do this work? Why would I work that hard as anything? And I think because the result is so amazing. It's unbelievable. When Jesus said, I came that you might have life and have it in abundance, I think, wait. That's why I can't just keep living my predictable comfort zone life, because that's not abundant. In fact, that life just keeps getting smaller and smaller the longer I'm stuck in my comfort zone. If I'm really called a really big, interesting, abundant life, then I have to be willing to keep growing, keep learning, and keep becoming my better and better self. And I'm always struck by this. Every time I read this passage, I feel like I have to read it over again because Jesus says, he's talking about all the works that he's done. He says in John 14, greater works than these will you do. Like, whoa. I mean, that's really exciting and super challenging. Like, there's nothing in there about staying in your comfort zone and doing small little things. This is about, wow, we are literally called to do things even beyond what Jesus did. It's like, it staggers the imagination to think mm-hmm. about just how big a life and how powerful a life and how big a difference we're supposed to make in this world. Yeah. Like, whoa. So, Glenn, what happens when people hear this and they think all of this is paralyzing to me it's not motivating it's paralyzing it can be it honestly can be i totally get that which is part of why i just wanted to refer back to those call narratives where when god says here's what i want you to do and the first that person's first reaction is i can't do that i'm overwhelmed even thinking about that it's important to think yes that will always be our reaction so we're going to be sad about what we lost and scared to do the next thing that will always be true but we're only scared because we think we have to do it by ourselves and because we think somehow we have to do it all at once. But it's so important to remember this. God will be with me on every step. And all God has asked me to do today is to take that first step. That's it. So if I think um, I'm supposed to be a great teacher, I'm overwhelmed by that. I think, okay, I'm not going to do it by myself. God's going to help me. And the first thing God's going to help me with is just decide what can I do this week that would take me one step in that direction, one step. And so I reduce the overwhelm by remembering I don't have to do it myself, and I'm not asked to do the whole thing. I'm literally just asked to do step one. What if you don't know what step one is? Here's the really cool thing. You don't have to. So, Because often I don't. So I'll either pray about it, or I'll read about other people who have done similar things, or I'll just tell the people in my life, hey, here's something I'm really excited about, but I'm not even sure where to start. Hmm. I, again, if I'm that open... Yeah. Either God or somebody in my life is going to say, well, you know, I know a guy who does that. Maybe you should start by talking to him. Oh, great. I mean, something's going to come out of that listening, praying, discerning, asking people. Something's going to pop up. And I'm going to think, oh, oh, that's right. And then I'm going to go do that thing, whatever that small thing is. And it will always be a small thing, one call, one email, one thing I could look up, one bit of research, one thing I could do right now. Because nothing is inconsequential in God's economy. Thank you very much. So you, I love the stuff you come up with. So you have a five-second conversation with somebody because you were open, and all of a sudden right. they say, here's my card. I've got a person you got to talk to. Right, because I was open about what I wanted. Right. That's why when James says in the third chapter about, you know, if you don't have what you want, don't complain about it. Don't be bitter. It just means you're not asking for what you want. Mm-hmm. And that means asking in prayer, asking in my mind, and asking all the people in my life to let them know this is what I'm looking for. Because mm-hmm. either God will show up in prayer or God will work through one of those people and something amazing just like that won't happen. Mm-hmm. 
What if uh, I'm overwhelmed with finances and I'm and I'm just afraid? Um, honestly, for most of us, that's not a but. That's a, that really is our starting point. So often, and I mean probably ninety percent of the time, when we know perfectly well that we're called to do the next new thing, our first thought is, "How the heck is that going to work financially? How can I even do that? How can I afford to do that? How does it even look?" Now. But see, that's again assuming that it has to come to me in a way that I'm familiar with. Mm, yeah. But it never will. It's going to come to me in a whole different sort of way. I, um, I have a client who doesn't have any money, but he wanted to come and see me. So I said, I'm glad to see you. He's, I mean, he's a guy who does really great ministry. So if there's some way I can help him, so he goes and helps lots of other people, I was glad to do that. And he says, the fascinating thing happened, Glenn, the second time I saw him. He said, I've been praying for some help with this so I, so I could pay you at least something. I was praying about it. I was asking for it. I was visualizing that. I was vulnerable enough to tell people in my life that I was really wanting that. And the guy stepped up and said, you know, I'm really familiar with your ministry, and I really want to find a way to support that. So if helping you go see Glenn Pickering and counseling helps you, I'm glad to pay for it. How much is it? Honestly, it's just so cool. Yeah. So stuff will happen. We will live an amazing life, and we don't have to know how to get there. Yeah. We don't. Yeah. Glenn, thanks so much for being on the show. Yeah, thanks for having me. Yeah, Dr. Glenn Pickering has been my guest, and we've been talking this hour about what is transformation. If you want to check out the podcast, I encourage you to do so. You can also go to Glenn's website, drglennpickering.com. You can check it out. He's got books, and he also has this lovely offer. You can have a 20-minute phone conversation with him, just uh, mano y mano, just the two of you at no cost. Enjoy that opportunity. Have a great night, everyone. Thanks for spending with it with me, and I'm looking forward to uh, time with you tomorrow. Have a great night. Podcasts like mine are available because of your support. If it's important to you to hear things that encourage your faith, click the link in the show notes to give now.